Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good morning, Chicago, and welcome inside the clubhouse on this Saturday morning, 19 days away from opening day 2021. I am David Haw here with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock this morning, Chicago Sports Radio. The score, 312-644-6767. That is the phone number for baseball fans, Cubs and Sox, both sides of town, to weigh in on what's going on at spring training in Arizona. It has been a busy week, and Bruce... There has been a lot to discuss and looking forward to talking with everything that went down, getting your opinions and talking to some very interesting guests up until 11 o'clock this morning. Good morning. How are you doing, buddy? Good morning, David. I feel the same way. Looking forward to some great baseball talk. As you said, this is the Cubs and White Sox show. We have been that for all the eight years here on The Score, just talking Cubs and Sox. Saturday morning between 9 and 11, just you and us talking the game that we love. And uh, it's it's only a few weeks away, David, uh, two and a half weeks, and we have opening day. Uh, the Cubs will start at home against the, uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The White Sox will start in L.A. against Joe Madden's Angels. And uh, we are starting to see the teams and the rotations and bullpens uh, kind of uh, take shape like you would expect with just a few weeks left. Things are starting to take shape. People are starting to get a little bit more anxious and maybe even a little bit more nervous about some of the things they're seeing in in, uh, Arizona. Maybe excited, depending on your perspective. We're going to talk about it all, Bruce. At 10 o'clock, we have Eric Sogard, the new Cubs second baseman, or the guy who is in the mix, the veteran, well-traveled. He joined the Cubs. He's going to join us at 10 o'clock, 1020. Brooks Boyer from the White Sox, the executive vice president, and he's going to talk about uh, the same thing that Colin Faulkner, our 1040 guest, will be speaking about, and that's the the return of fans to Guaranteed Rate Field and Wrigley Field in Chicago. 20% capacities of both ballparks. Looking forward to talking uh, to both of those guys about what that means for, for their jobs and for baseball in the city. And, and it's a very busy 
10 o'clock hour with guests, Bruce, but we can talk about what's going on uh, with with the listeners, 312-644-6767, if they have ideas, opinions, and thoughts about what's going on in Arizona. Where would you like to start? Because it has been a very busy week for the Cubs and the White Sox. Well, David, let's just start with the subject we just talked about, and that is um, fans in the stands. You as a baseball fan, you've been one your whole life. If you're not in the media, you're not covering a game, uh, what were, what would be your trepidations going into April 1st at Wrigley Field, April 8th at guaranteed rate, opening days for both the Cubs and the White Sox? What would be your thought process about going or not going, uh, being ready to be among uh, other people? And uh, certainly we're going to get a clarification of uh, what the protocols are from Brooks and from Colin, but uh, your personal thoughts. Bruce, I think there's two ways to look at this. One is if you are a young professional and you have you know disposable income and you're looking you're a huge baseball fan and you just you miss that experience and you want to go to the the ballpark and you you're willing to take on all that comes with it the the protocols the you have to wear a mask you have to be socially distant and there's some hoops you may have to jump through that you're not used to jumping through as a baseball fan going to Wrigley or going to guaranteed rate field I think those people will be more likely to just try to resume or return to normalcy and then there's, you know, baseball is a family sport. Baseball is going to the ballpark is, you know, a father and son, a, a mom and daughter, father, daughter, mom, son, however you want to look at it. It is a family experience. And so I think is, there might be a little bit more time before as a parent, I would look at it and think, OK, I can look at this with my young family and go to the ballpark and feel like it's going to be worth the relaxation and worth all the things I'm going to be able to relax there because I think it's going to be a difficult, uh, not difficult is probably overstating it, but there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to do that you never had to do before. So I would have a little bit more anxiety there looking at it from a parent's perspective. But I think overall you'd be excited about this is one step closer to the experience that we remember and we enjoy so much. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And you're, you're right. Uh, age groups and uh, economic uh, growth part of where you're at uh, as far as who you are, you know, whether you want to go to the ballpark. If you're 35 or you're 65, do you have a different perspective about going? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. And again, uh, Brooks and uh, Colin will uh, uh, give us some uh, insight as to what that experience exactly will be like come April 1st and April 8th for the Cubs and the White Sox. So that's the fan experience. We will get to that later a lot in the 10 o'clock hour. Bruce, on the field, there were a lot of things that went on this week, and I think there's just some some developments and some little tidbits I'd like to go through to get your thoughts because this is a good opportunity just to sit back on a Saturday morning, let people drink their coffee, eat their breakfast, and hear what you have to say. You cover both teams. You write about them well in 670thescore.com. Get your thoughts on some of the things going on. And let's start with what we heard yesterday from Anthony Rizzo. And I think this is something that we have heard about before and certainly something that you have written about as far back as last year. Anthony Rizzo, Cub for life. And I think that's sort of the way we looked at it. But he addressed wanting to remain a Cub for the rest of his career. And ideally, he didn't really you know, draw a hard and fast deadline, but he said yesterday the opening day, 19 days away, would be how when he would like to set as, as maybe an artificial deadline to get a new contract done. How realistic is that? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, he's been very uh, outspoken about the fact that they have been talking. And uh, 
they feel that uh, you know at some point <clears throat> something will happen that is positive for him and his group. Uh, his wife Emily is involved in the negotiations as well. I don't think uh, Kevin the dog is involved, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, knowing now, knowing how important pets are to people, and how much more important they've become over this last year, where you're inside with them 24 hours a day, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin is involved. But that said, you you look at um, Rizzo kind of different than you look at uh, Baez and Bryant. Yeah, I mean they're all career Cubs. They're all essentially, and and Bryant wasn't. I mean uh, Rizzo wasn't. He was traded from San Diego, but he's been there and going into his tenth year now. So uh, if there's a face of the Cubs, uh, you'd probably get an argument. But I would all I would have to say it's been Anthony Rizzo. Uh, that said, uh, you know a couple year extension is different at age 32 playing at 33 next year, mm-hmm. rather than uh, Bryant uh, Bryant at 29 and uh and Baez at 28 I think you're looking at different amount of years a hugely different amount of money so from that perspective I think this can get done I'm going to ask you David though uh if one guy gets a deal and the other two don't uh does that cause any uh strife uh among the group going into the regular season I really think this, and that's a really good question, because if it were one of the other two, Baez or Bryant, and Rizzo was the one not getting the contract or the security, I think that might be a little awkward. And and I know that they would downplay it, and I know that it would be something they say they're professionals and they would move on, but I think it would create this maybe a little bit more uncertainty, whereas... Anthony Rizzo, as you point out, I think he has become the face of this franchise. He has embraced that role. He is the leader. He is the guy that has the more history. He was here when things were bad, and he saw it through till they won a championship. He's almost, I don't want to say more entitled to this idea of having this long-term security, And I think, but I think that if he would sign a contract, it wouldn't create the, the questions that would be created perhaps if it were Bryant or Baez, and then everybody would be looking at Rizzo and thinking, and he might be thinking this himself, where's mine? Because he had been through more, perhaps. And so I think that's the right order. Rizzo, figure out one or the other two, if not both, and then move from there. Who is the essential player to sign if it's only one? Uh, If, you know, I'm a big Chris Bryant guy, Bruce. I think he's going to bounce back. I understand why Javi Baez would be – uh, the answer there, and I think it's probably would be my answer if I separate emotion from the equation. I think that's the toughest position perhaps to find. So if I had to identify one of the three, I guess it would be Javi Baez just based on the shortstop and the, who would be available and the overall cost certainty that uh, that would create. What about you? It's tough because there's going to be six all-star shortstops out there as free agents, and uh, they're all outstanding. Baez might be ranked fourth, fifth, or sixth among that group, you know, that start with Lindor uh, with the Mets. I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that what's the most important position? The important, most important position is shortstop, okay? You have to have right. an outstanding shortstop, at least uh, top of the line defensively and a contributor offensively to win. And... Uh, you know, I I would I think we could argue this all day long, and come up with three different answers uh, as we uh, progress well, through the conversation. 
That's why I want your permission to change my mind at least four more times before opening day because I probably <laughs> will on that alone. You know, when you talk about the future of the Cubs, Bruce, where my mind went to when you talked about kind of securing guys long term, couldn't help but wonder what the Cubs situation and how they're going to look at it if Jock Peterson has the kind of regular season that this past week sort of suggests. Five home runs in the first seven games. He is enjoying life as a Cub making a quick impact. Nobody expects that pace to continue in the regular season, but boy, has that been fun to see. And his attitude combined with his ability has made him, I think, the breakout guy, or at least the, the standout guy. He's not, not really breaking out. He's more standing out of, uh, of early spring training for the Cubs. And the subtlety of that, David, is that uh, Anthony Iaposi and the hitting people in the hitting lab have worked with uh, Peterson to open up his stance a little bit. Uh, give him a little better view of the pitchers that's coming in. And the plan, of course, is that they're going to let him hit against left-handed starting pitchers to begin the year, something that he was not able to do with the Dodgers because of their wealth of talent and their ability to uh, hit left-right whenever they wanted to because they had so many good players. Uh, this could be, a you know, a, I mean, it's silly to say a breakout year for a guy that's already hit 36 home runs in his career. Uh, mm -hmm. But this could be one of those type of years. Again, office spring training, you don't go by that necessarily. But uh, certainly what you've seen so far is uh, at the very least interesting to watch. Meanwhile, over Glendale, Bruce, the White Sox got a strong pitching performance from Gio uh, yesterday. G Lucas Giolito in terms of going uh, four innings, I believe, not giving up a hit or two hits in four innings. Strong outing for him. Today, though, is the big day, I think, because Yasmani Grandal is scheduled to return to the lineup. How important is his health, and what do you think about the depth behind him, what we have seen so far from the White Sox? Well, I think they have good depth, uh, you know, and, and that includes a uh, non-roster player in uh, Jonathan Lucroy. But, uh, you know, Mercedes has looked good. Collins has looked good. So I think they, they have good depth. But, when you, David, when you pay $78 million for a, a catcher, a switch hitting catcher, who you want in the lineup 140 or 150 times with the DH available, uh, that's a that's a big player. So I, I'm not interested in them rushing him uh, to uh, you know spring training games. Want to see that he's healthy first, ready to go. Uh, it, he can take his time as far as I'm concerned. He has absolutely nothing to prove other than he's healthy. And he wants to get back to handle that pitching staff. And Tony Larusa had some very interesting things to say about maybe his plans for the rotation. You spoke with him yesterday, Bruce. We're going to talk about the White Sox pitching. We're going to talk about the Cubs roster. We're going to talk about a lot of things on both sides of town. And we're going to talk to you, 312-644-6767. When we come back, we'll get into all of it with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 674. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. We've got a packed show for you this morning. And, Bruce, why don't we go out to the BetQL listener line and start to involve our listeners a little bit who have a lot to say here. 312-644-6767. Let's start it off with Mike, who is in North Lakeview. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Hey, guys, good morning. Uh, and uh, Bruce, a question for you, but David, you'd have a spin on this as well. You know, with the change in the decline of the Tribune, uh, you're not get, those of us who used to read in the paper don't get the box scores uh, first thing in the morning anymore, and you got to go hunting for them. So I have to say I'm at a loss to know really how the White Sox young hitters are doing in the spring games. Uh, what's your perspective from what you've seen of uh, Eloy and Robert and Vaughn and Mancata, uh, because uh, I haven't been able to follow them as closely as I would like. All right, uh, Mike, uh, you can go to MLB.com, get the app, and they, they have all the box scores for every game, <clears throat> every day. So we have, we have no horse in the race. I'm just doing it as a public service to let you know uh, that you can get those uh, box scores every day on, on the MLB.com uh, app. David, you want to jump in there first? Yeah, in some ways, it's it's uh, you have to work a little harder maybe to find information, but there's never been more information available, and I think that's the good news for baseball fans. And you're right, Bruce. Even and I think both uh, both newspapers and every, you know the Daily Herald, all three newspapers in town, still are covering the Cubs and the Sox, but with budget challenges. Certainly, it's different at spring training with COVID as well. So there's not maybe that more uh, that that kind of immersive approach because they can't be there perhaps as many people as, as typically are there but you're getting the best that they can and you can find box scores online and I, and I can tell you from you know, the numbers uh, Andrew Vaughn's hitting 350 he's a young hitter you want to pay attention to Sox fans he started off to a pretty good start he's looking very polished uh, as far as the other guys I wouldn't worry so much about the numbers with guys like Eloy and Luis Robert and even Yohan Mankata. These are guys who are going to take their time. It is only March 13th, and Bruce, over the next 19 days, they will get themselves ready to go. So on opening day, when the box scores really do matter, I think this Sox team is going to be ready to go. You know, Eli had a triple and a homer the other day. I asked him afterwards on uh, the Zoom that he was on, uh, 
What's a realistic number for home runs for you? He took about five, six seconds, and he goes, mm, I don't know, 40? So here's the guy, you know, if you ask an athlete to put a, a number on something before the season starts, they, they, they almost always hesitate. Here's one of the most confident guys in the world, you know, going into his third season, and he's not afraid to say, I should hit 40 home runs. Bruce, and, and that's interesting. Doesn't that that's not outlandish, is it? I mean, if you had to say, if you had to predict a number for Aloy Jimenez to, you know, how many home runs is he going to hit in 2021? I'd say 42. Right. I, I so, would. I mean, I wouldn't put it. Look, in a, an abbreviated uh, time form, in in 2019, I think he hit 31, and he didn't come on strong until the second half of that season uh, as a rookie. So. From from all of that, um, the contact, I mean, he's going to strike out 120 times. There's no doubt about that. But the hard contact is so impressive, David, to watch him hit the ball hard to all fields. And the one thing that really stands out about Eloy is that his sweet spot is right center field. So sliders and fastballs outside are not a problem for Eloy Jimenez. He can hit anything. And... If he wanted to, I think he'd be a 300 hitter his whole career, and maybe more than that. Uh, it just depends how much power he wants to uh, put into that. But uh, this guy can flat out hit. If he stays healthy and he gets hot, he has the capability of having an MVP caliber type of season. And that's not exaggeration, and that's not something you say every spring training about every player. But this is a young man who's development makes you feel like that is a possibility and that is you know the, the the his potential his ceiling is limitless and so 42 home runs does not sound outrageous and this offense is going to be potent and the pitching will be as well or that is the expectation and Bruce that's where I want to go with this you had a conversation and you are on all these zooms and you are finding out as much as you can from from each team's manager and each team team's roster uh, to the best of your ability and you had a conversation with well part of the conversation involved the pitching rotation for the White Sox Tony La Russa talked you know about picking the fourth and fifth starters as early as this week you had another you know in-depth kind of look at whether or not still in cease Ronaldo Lopez or Carlos Rodon picking two guys among those three where, do you, where are you in terms of the Sox rotation and what the expectations should be and how difficult the challenge is with 20 games in the first 21 days of the season? Yeah, that's an excellent point you make, David, is uh, that's an unheard of amount of uh, games to start a year out. Normally, we expect April to have a, a tremendous amount of off days, <clears throat> but that is not the case this year uh, for the White Sox. So other than one off day uh, after they go home for the home opener, uh, they play straight through. That being the case, and knowing that the starting pitchers, David, only threw 12 or 13 starts last year, the conversation from last winter through this spring is, uh, how much should we expect from the starting pitchers, and how often should you give them a blow to make sure uh, that they don't break down during the year? Therefore, the, the White Sox may have the luxury of having six really good starting pitchers, uh, after the top four, after the top three, you know, you have uh, Keiko, you have Lynn, and you and you have Giolito. After that, you have three really good pitchers who have, you know, been uh, not what they should be either via injury or 
inconsistency in Cis, Lopez, and Rodan. And they're all vying for that spot. I wrote on 670thescore.com uh, yesterday, David, that uh, LaRussa said that he and the front office and the coaches have kept considered a six-man rotation or a quasi-six uh, from time to time just to get that situation going. However, he did caution. He said when, when they've done that in the past, <clears throat> something always comes up where there's a, a rain out or there's a cold out in April, and those plans get kind of uh, tabled. So he said, uh, we're, we're prepared for three different things. We're looking at different possibilities of how we're going to do it. But nonetheless, that competition for the fourth and fifth spot is is really heated right now. And just the fact that they have six guys potentially to choose from says a lot about the depth. But let's take a listen at how Tony LaRusso responded to the idea of having six starting pitchers. Two or three different ways that we can go in those first 21 days. One being just roll them out because we do have an off day when we get to Chicago. And then there's a couple of other options where you try to maybe give guys a little extra rest. Some of that come, kind of depends on the games that you're playing. <clears throat> you know, if you get extra stress, it's one thing. A lot of times you, you'll factor in uh, a sixth guy and then you get rained out or colded out. And you've messed around and, you know, pitched a, pitched a guy on a day when we had a, uh, you know, one of our regular starters and, and you get rained out or colded out and you and you regret it. So you, the answer is that we're looking at all the options. I think there are three options. Bruce, that uh, almost never works, the six-man rotation, and yet I understand why they would consider it. He makes some really good points, but – I just think, how would how would Lucas Giolito, for instance, feel about waiting an extra day? Do you do you disrupt your first three by adding somebody at the end of a rotation and, and buying a day or so, or or is that just part of the reality of the first month and getting these guys gradually ramped up? You know what, David? I think the answer is it depends who you got, mm-hmm. who are your pitchers, and what they can absorb. I mean, you look at the Dodgers for eight years, and the last three or four. They use sometimes six, seven, eight different starting pitchers, and they do it not because of need or injury, uh, just to give uh, their rotation guys an extra day sometimes to stay stronger. Uh, but they've had the luxury of having, you know, the Rich Hills and some veteran pitchers there that say, "Hey, I'm cool with 15 to 20 starts. Bring it on." But if if you you know you fast forward to the White Sox, you know, will young guys like Cease and Lopez be able to, uh, you know, transform their game and pitch, uh, you know, every two weeks uh, as a starter and be in the bullpen the other part of the time. The, the other main question is, do you really want them in the bullpen when you have these dynamic arms and they should be getting stretched out? Even if they're not with the White Sox, they should be getting ready because we know injuries are a big factor in any major league season. I like the idea of having the option of, Kopech and Crochet down there in the bullpen. Left-handed fireballer, right-handed fireballer, both guys approaching triple digits. Both guys, you know, could be used in specialized situations if necessary and really an undefined role as we head toward the start of the season. Everyone else's role in there will take care of itself. One guy we know will handle the ninth inning. Liam Hendricks made his 
spring training debut on Friday. And Bruce, I everything that he says has been so far. Boy, you nod your head and you smile if you're a Sox fan. And I like the fact that he did not want to be called the closer because he felt like he had not yet earned that in Chicago, even though everybody knows that he was signed and given the big money to be the closer. Well, you know, he realizes, and David, it's a great point because you know that they're paying him $54 million to be the closer. But he also knows he's going to a new team with other players that have already earned spots in the White Sox bullpen. And he doesn't want to be that guy that comes in there and goes, you know, jump on my shoulders, guys. You know, I'm the, I'm the man. That is earned on every team that you go to. And he knows it better than anyone else because Liam Hendricks uh, struggles to get to this point in his career were many. Uh, he has not been, he was not a dominant closer for the first 10 years of his career. It's just happened over the last two years. So uh, this is not a guy that will... Uh, just stand by and go on what he's done over the last two years. He will be a guy that works his butt off and works hand in hand with the other bullpen guys and doesn't put himself above anybody else. And Bruce, all White Sox pitchers, closers, relievers, starters, they are working under the tutelage of Ethan Katz, the new White Sox pitching coach, 37-year-old former assistant pitching coach for the Giants. He coached Lucas Giolito in high school. We know his story, and he's replacing – frankly, a a White Sox uh, legend, an institution in Don Cooper. And I know that you heard earlier this week a riveting interview on the Parkinson Spiegel show where first time Coop has talked since he was kind of uh, replaced and since he was informed that his services were no longer needed after 32 years. Want to hear just part of that interview now because it was so emotional and Coop was almost struggling with himself. I don't want to talk about it. I'll just talk, talk about this. I'll talk about that. Somebody who was struggling with closure, and yet every time you hear Don Cooper, you know he's going to be candid. And this is just part of what he had to say about his emotions in leaving the White Sox. Oh, geez. You know, listen, I'm lucky, thankful, grateful for sure at the opportunity I had to uh... – you know, White Sox pitching was is very important to me. Uh, there's a lot of people have come come my way, and I'm you know I'm glad for all of it. Um, you know, I, what I will say about the whole thing, I spent more than half my life there. You know, and it's just it's just it's not fun when people you really uh, you know look up to and admire and uh, you know care for. You know, care for that—that's the best way to put it. Don't care for you as quite as much. It's not so much fun. Um, that's my whole stay with the White Sox. I, I, again, more than half my life with the team. Um, but I, again, that's—that's—that's that's, that's my statement. I guess I'll say. Bruce, that was a statement from a guy that is dealing with uh, not being wanted anymore by an organization he still clearly loves. What was your reaction to hearing Coop talk on uh, on Thursday? Well, it was a great interview by the guys. They did a phenomenal job. And uh, I, I think that uh, I'm not surprised because Cooper is a pretty straight sh- He didn't hide the fact that he was disappointed he was no longer wanted. He didn't pretend that this was mutual. You know, we hear so many times in the world we live in, in, in any business these days, people are afraid to say or or companies don't want them to ever say, They've been let go, you know, especially after being so essential in their role for so many years. And like he said, in the organization for half his life at the major league level for 22 years. 
impact coach who uh, who defined and redefined some pitchers to become 20 game winners. Uh, you know, giving people the cutter, uh, a pitch that saved many careers. Uh, as you said, David, you know, this, this is a historic guy, a legend uh, as a pitching coach. But, uh, you know, as I've found out in my career, and I'm hardly a legend, we all find out as we, we get older and people look at us differently, uh, no matter what you've done, you still have to be contributing now. And the, the main thing is that they didn't think that Don Cooper was contributing enough, that he wasn't as involved as he used to be, that a younger voice, uh, a new voice would be a better choice. We'll see how that works out. Uh, this doesn't diminish Don Cooper or what he did. It only says that time marches on and sometimes there's nothing we can do about it. Well put, Bruce. And I think the last thing I'd say on, on, on the Coop issue is that it wasn't so much that he was replaced, but I think in sports, whether it's Chicago or any, any passionate sports city or organization, hellos and goodbyes are tough. But they're, they are, they are, and teams, for whatever reason, they struggle sometimes because there's so much placed on the introductory press conference and, or the, the way that a, a, an exit or a firing is handled, and perception becomes reality. And I just think that had the White Sox not kind of thrown Coop in uh, with with the dirty laundry or with the you know kind of okay Ricky Renteria is fired we're making a change oh and Don Cooper is no longer our pitching coach I think he deserved a, a, a different kind of ending in terms of for his White Sox tenure and I think that stung him a little bit and you heard the pain in his voice still and hellos and goodbyes are difficult which is why teams really have to pay closer attention to how they welcome people and how they usher them out the door when that come when that time comes because you know what as you point out Bruce it comes for everybody so we're going to get into more White Sox and Cubs talk we also are going to talk about Bruce there's some rules changes proposed this week that I think Theo Webstein's name was attached to some other guys had some things to say we need to get into some of this because some of these things are kind of crazy or maybe some people were kind of like the proposed rules changes let us know 312-644-6767 we are here for you until 11 o'clock it's inside the clubhouse on chicago sports radio 670 the score Uh, i would say no strong opinion until we get to see some stuff play out right it's all new um but um i think you know the fact that they're trying stuff is is good it's not just about some kind of clock system um there's another you know we've got they're they're grabbing a different uh, areas, whether it's the shift or the bases and, and trying to, um, you know, I think, I think what I've recognized and the leaks recognized and people recognize is that the, the product, um, needs can, can be better. Right. And just finding what, what that is, um, and for fans, uh, the fan wise, I think is, um, important. And, and the fact they're trying stuff and it is a good thing. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of David Ross, the Cubs manager, talking about the proposed rules changes that will be experimented with and tinkered with at the minor league level this year across baseball. Before we get into our reaction to that, Bruce, want to remind everybody or inform everybody that even though we can't get to Arizona this year to cover spring training as usual, there will be a virtual scorehouse that we will be enjoying for a couple hours on Thursday night. Join us on our Twitch channel. The virtual scorehouse will be from 7 to 9 p.m. Twitch.tv at Chicago 670, the score. You can find it. If you are a Twitcher, you know where to find it. And we are going to tell some stories, 
reminisce a little bit and just have some fun. So that will be the virtual scorehouse. I know, Bruce, you will be uh, part of that, I hope. If not, you will enjoy it. But 7 to 9 on Thursday night, March 18th. I'm sure I'll be invited at some point. You are. But, You're always uh, welcome, Bruce. Mitch, Mitch always invites me, gets yeah. me there, and uh, I appreciate that. But um, it is always a good time, especially that dinner that uh, we'd have every year. Uh, you know, there were all kinds of fun being had, and it's – it's typical. People just, you know, what the guys do best, just talking sports, talking baseball, and, you know, watching Dan Bernstein get down and show a batting stance of uh, what, what a, one of the players uh, he thought was doing wrong. I mean, these are, you know, these are classic moments, and it, it'll be missed, but it'll be uh, replicated in a good style you, on you a Thursday with Scorehouse. Scorehouse. You're right. So Virtual Scorehouse, Thursday night, 7 to 9 on our Twitch channel. Let's get to the rules changes or the proposed rules changes, Bruce. This came uh, from MLB, and, and Theo Epstein, in his role as a consultant, was part of this, and he was quoted in the press release. But some of the suggestions or the proposals and experiments will include larger bases, which I, I think was an interesting one. I, I didn't see that one coming necessarily. Defensive positioning, kind of limiting um, the amount of shifting that is available for defenses and teams. Uh, limiting the number of pickoff attempts, robot umpires. Of the proposed changes, which ones did you like, Bruce? Which ones are you a- a- opposed to? And, and did any offend you, your baseball sensibilities? I, I've always hated robot umpires. I don't get it. I mean, why do you want perfection in a sport that has always survived beautifully, like most sports, without perfection and robot umpires that have an exact zone. Uh, to I've me, the beauty ch- of the game is pitchers and hitters adjusting to the, the umpire's zone that day. A lot of people will say, well, you're an idiot, Levine, and I've been told that a lot. You're not an idiot, um, You're not. You're not. No, but they I will say I'm an idiot because, because oh, I'll just tell you that the re- reason they would say that is because if you, if you have a more direct strike zone, then hitters know what they're getting. Pitchers know where to throw it. But that doesn't necessarily give you a better product, does it, David? Well, I do think it does, Bruce, because I think that it Why? eliminates the the absurdity of having a situation like you do sometimes when you see a ball right down the middle called ball one. And in a big moment, that comes back and that makes you feel like it's it's ridiculous to see somebody miss that right in front of his his own two eyes. So my two-word answer to your question would be Angel Hernandez because this is a guy who consistently is not a good umpire and the flaws would be removed. So I get the movement. I, I think there's got to be some sort of balance between the use of technology to remove the questions that, that come up and maybe the human element without removing entirely the human element. So there's got to be a happy medium, doesn't there? I guess. I mean, look, uh, taking the umpires out of the game, that, that's the first step toward having uh, you know, virtual umpires on the bases as well. No umpires. okay? Because as Bud Selig said so well many years ago when he started, uh, he allowed for the first time they voted to have a replay. He said, this won't stop. This is not going to stop with fair or foul on home runs. This is going to be expanded and expanded and expanded. Uh, to the point where games are going to have, have an extra 15, 20, 25 minutes in, uh, in games 
because of the fact that there's so many uh, looks at plays. So he didn't stand in the way of it because he knew that's what was wanted, just like maybe the fans are going to want this too. But uh, I just think the game has been a beautiful game for 145 years, and why would you mess with it now? That I'm all for tweaking rules, uh, but if this is if this is about making the game better or more interesting or more uh, fan friendly, I you know I I don't see it. 708 texter to the Rosenhunde Algonquin text zone says, Robot umps won't be perfect, but we are tired of Angel Hernandez, Joe West making it about them. The beauty of the game is getting the call right and having consistency. I tend to see that point of view, Bruce. I mean, I. Who I, says I think they're going to get it right? Well, <laughs> I guess, well, I would hope that if you. All of a sudden, install, you'll hear. You'll hear you'll hear the, uh, the 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 voice go malfunction 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 yeah. malfunction. You're blind, R two D two. And then guess what they're going to do at that point? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, an umpire well, will come out and and call the rest of the play. Look, I'm all for progress. I think you know the caller is right. I'm going to be in the minority on this because getting it right and getting the calls right is the number one thing in sports. I can't argue that. I cannot. But I'm saying from the game itself, this game that we've watched for our whole lives and have felt has been a beautiful game, uh, this is one area I don't think needs uh, that much improvement. They, they've improved the umpires and you know the umpire supervisors that watch the game and rate them. Uh, there are still some bad umpires. I think that's a part of the beauty of the game. <clears throat> Someone else to dislike. Uh, when you go to the ballpark that day. <laughs> you, everybody needs somebody new to boo. I think that's probably – that, I would agree with you there, Bruce. That's I will, I will give nature. a little bit there. Yeah, it's human nature. Let's go out to yeah, – you, I mean, 12. David, did you, yeah. <clears throat> do you look forward to umpires being totally eliminated? <laughs> no, I don't like that idea. I, I, I don't – no, I, I don't want the umpires totally eliminated. I think you do need some human element uh, involved, and you need somebody out there in case things do go haywire with your technology. I just yeah, think- yeah, the May, the Maytag repairman. <clears throat> he needs to be there to uh, fix the uh, you know the computer or the uh, whatever machine that they have there uh, in case something goes wrong. But it's not going to stop at a home plate if it's successful. For calling balls and strikes, they'll use it for bases at some point, too. David? Oh, we might have lost David here for a second. This is Inside the Clubhouse. He's David Haw. I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you every week between 9 and 11 a.m. And uh, at this point, we're trying trying to re-effort getting uh, David back on. Uh, Tony LaRusso had some uh, interesting things to say. Let's go to Tony uh, from uh, his his uh, his uh, view with uh, the the media on a Zoom yesterday. Actually, I was uh, you know part one of the uh, managers that was on a Zoom call with uh, you know Theo and, and the guys from New York when these things were suggested. And they were looking for responses from the managers, and I think the bigger base makes sense. Fans want more stolen bases, so they're going to try the idea of the pitch having to step off, which is going to make for more stolen bases. Or what I fear maybe, you know, sometimes to combat that, guys will just, you know, do the slide step, which is lose stuff and you and you can get hurt. You got to be careful with that. But the umpires, 
I know I, w- I saw it there at uh, in the Arizona Fall League a couple of years ago. I mean, I don't know if I have an opinion. I, I know that I-, I think my answer is I have so much respect for what happens in New York. I mean, these guys really work. I mean, I'm sure we all disagree at times with some of the stuff that happens. But my time there, I, they, they really work at looking at how to improve the game and they look at the alternatives. So when they're serious about giving this a try, they're not just, you know, well, waking up one morning and say, hey, what can you do today that is kind of out there? I don't know. I'd be curious. I want to get a chance. I want to ask some of the umpires, you know, how they feel about it. But uh, I, I know this. There isn't anything that they try that they're not serious about taking a look to see if it works. And for one, you know, I, I, during, as maybe you heard this, but during the time that I was upstairs, I visited minor leagues. I saw the pitch clock in the minor leagues. It works. Pitchers get used to it. Hitters get in the buyer's box and, and it ended some dead time. I'm all for that. So I, I think I feel the same way. Just, I know they're sincere about, about this being a possibility. Try it out. I know fans are concerned because arguing with the umpire about balls and strikes is one of the few times anymore that you can get thrown out. And that's, that's going to be tough to do. And that was Tony LaRussa yesterday talking about the rule changes as we, David and I, have been talking about robot umps, part of it. They will be at uh, low class A, the Southeast League, uh, 15 second pitch clock, the low A of the West. Uh, bigger bases will be tried at Triple A. That's an interesting concept. And David and I will talk about that later as well. That'll be a Triple A. Uh, pickoff attempts. Uh, the pitcher will have to disengage totally from uh, the mound and the slab to be able to throw the first and can only do it a couple of times. And uh, finally, uh, infielders must have their at least part of their foot on the infield dirt. So no uh, uh, extravagant, extravagant shifting going on. And that will be at double uh, A. They'll experiment with that. So you can shift and you can have three infielders on one side of the infield, but you cannot go into the outfield and take away uh, base hits from uh, guys like Schwarber and Grandal and uh, Rizzo, guys that have been killed who don't run very well with uh, short right fielders playing out there and throwing them out at first on a well-hit ball uh, that was normally a base hit, but uh, a a put-out 5-3 or 6-3 for whatever uh, infielder is playing at that position. So these are things that Major League Baseball is, are going to try. Theo Epstein in New York, a big part of uh, some of these rule changes that they're trying. Um, I'm, I'm all for the experiments. I mean, it's great. You know, uh, experiments in the minor leagues, that's fine. I, I'm good with some of these things. I think the bigger bases is a good idea because not only are they going to be bigger bases, but they're also going to have a, a, a different type of contact on the top of the base that will take uh, away from guys sliding off of the base on a wet day or a humid day where the, the base gets uh, a little sticky. And uh, we know how many injuries have taken place on bases uh, that have been a little wet or guys just weren't able to stay in contact with. So bigger bases, I think, is a really good idea. And it's also going to increase attempts for stolen bases. Uh, th- that's going to give you a little bit more length uh, to be able to hit the hit the base. So from all of that, uh, I think these rule changes are a very good idea to try in the minor leagues. 
we'll see how they work going forward. David Haw, Bruce Levine, it's inside the clubhouse. When we come back, Eric Sogard of the Cubs joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.